The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. Welcome back. It's been a while. Well, you know what? Like, it's only been a month, but so much shit So by shit our has, standards. <laughs> but so much shit has happened in the past four weeks. You would think that, you know, we've been in a coma for a year. Yeah, it has been... A lot. Been a lot. A lot in personal month. lives, a yeah. lot in the political world. <laughs> it has been a real roller coaster too. Yeah. It has not all been good. It's been a lot of highs and lows, and they've condensed them all into a fucking month the end of the month where I was really, really tired mm. and really, really emotional. Yeah. So to it be honest. It was like an orgasm. Oh, the amount of times that we've all, all it was like an orgasm? Yeah. Like you built, had all this Hang pressure on. building up. It was a moment of like ecstasy and then just some kind of like, <laughs> you started crying afterwards, like the release of emotion. Well, not really, because it wasn't the thing that I had the orgasm from. Like in your analogy, I think what you're saying is you had the orgasm and then you lie there going, when can I leave? <laughs> you know, you realize the mistakes you made earlier night in the club after a few big Cardi breezes, but no, my no, no. things I have think not it's, been disappointments no, I, because of the orgasm. No, no, thing. no. I'm saying the orgasm left you available to emotions. And so everything that you've been holding off in other areas of your right. life comes rushing in because you've had this kind of cathartic release. Is that what happens? Your orgasm makes you... I, I think you may not be seeing the right therapist. <laughs> I, in fact, I think you may not be seeing a therapist. I feel like you've walked in the wrong building. You're handing someone $150 an hour and they're like, well, first we get the orgasm out of the way and then we can deal with your emotions. I just remember reading an interview with Sherilyn Fenn. When I was a, when I was a kid, like early teens, I was obsessed with Twin Peaks. Like, whereas my mates had footy posters on the wall, I had like a pull-out colour poster of uh, like uh, Dale Cooper on my wall. And I was in love with Sherilyn Finn. And I remember, she was the it girl at the time, you remember? She was like, you know, the sexy one from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Audrey Horn. Yeah. One I of the most beautiful, like, women ever. I still, like, she looked... Uh, hang on. Teenage Charlie just needs a moment. Yeah. He's back. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I read this interview with her and it was like, she says that... I was giving you space to talk, but it really felt like you were like, come on, why aren't you here in this moment with me? And I'm like, it makes it weird if I'm in this moment with you. <laughs> you be in this moment all by yourself, teenage Charlie. You do not need a 42-year-old man walking into this daydream of yours. It gets creepy and weird. It'll be something else you have to talk with your sex therapist. Get out! Shut the door! <laughs> Jesus, Will, I'm thinking about Sherilyn Finn. Uh, but she said in this interview that she always cries after, when she does sex scenes. Because at that time, she'd done like Two Moon Junction and some softcore stuff. Right. And she, the feature of that is she cries after the sex scene. And she's like, oh, no, what it is for me, you can't, I'm, I'm not, it's not that I'm sad. It's just it's the release of the emotion of everything in my life has been building to this moment. Oh, you know what it is. Her, it's, it's her endorphins. <laughs> Shut up. That's a great pun. Endorphins. We're back. <laughs> tick 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 hey um do you think with twin peaks speaking of twin peaks that they will be um speaking mad twin peaks. Hey. about hey. The, 
mad about the fact that uh, you know they the, the whole thing was like we'll see you in fifteen years, and then it looked like they were going to get the kind of the reboot done, so it was going to be the like fifteen years later. But now because of delays, it's going to be like sixteen and a half years. Yeah. Do you think that would make them mad? That would make me mad. Well, how? Hang on, when was I didn't know about the fifteen years setup? Yeah, because like basically, isn't there like a, I original, mean again, the, I haven't watched the original so, for right. a very long time, but my understanding is. Uh, that there's like she basically says like one of the characters says like right at the end we'll see you in 15 years and then like essentially you know David Lynch you know, announced the remake and it was going to come out like 15 oh, years later and that. like blah blah not the remake or whatever it is the yeah. continuation of the story or whatever the fuck it is the new yeah. Twin Peaks it feels like you fumbled the ball I imagine right. when they made the movie 2012 they're like guys we have to get this out by 2012. Big right. marketing opportunity. No it's essen- it it's essentially like your Babe Ruth. You remember when he like yeah, yeah. walked out and he pointed to the crowd? Yeah. It, well, essentially just what has happened is he points to the crowd and then he swings at the first one and misses. <laughs> and then he just goes, well, I better fucking point again, I guess. And then he knocks that one out of the park. And you're like, well, it's still impressive. Yeah. But, you know. You, you just, kind of took, this, you yeah. took, you took the excitement out of it. Yeah. On the replays, when we just drove the second one, where you're pointing again and hitting it over, it'll look great. But everyone remember... You did it the first time. Do you believe in that positive visualization thing? Like, do you reckon if you're a full forward, and we'll just touch into territory of another podcast? Because we for haven't a done that one for a while either. Yeah, we're busting. But if you were a full forward and you spent like an hour at training just having shots on goal, and then you spent an hour just visualizing you kicking goals, do you think that would have a market improvement? I mean, they say that visualization is very important in professional sport. Like, I always often, I always often. I often and always. I've given you two choices. Choose the one you wish. Often, yeah. It's a tremendous thing I do. Often and always, I say the best things, the smartest things. Yeah. Charlie's stupid, by the way. (laughs) Charlie's stupid. He's an evil man. Uh, So I, I think a lot about that idea of like, you know, how do I improve my performance in my job? And, you know, I do look to those sort of things of going, you know, one of the things the Bulldogs had this year was this idea that they said no cap on our expectations. Take, you know, just put like you put no, no ceiling on what you're doing. And I love that. And yeah. I'm like, cause sometimes I think that we put these internal ceilings on what we think we can achieve with things or whatever. Mm. And, and the, and the problem is it's, we built the ceiling ourselves. Yeah. You know, fucking knock down your ceiling is what I'm saying. And, you know, kind of, so I do kind of take some of that, but there is other things that like, I've never like, I, I know comedians board. visualize gigs and stuff, but I've never done that. I don't think I've ever done that. I'm experimenting with it at the moment. Like I've decided to kind of, I just read this book that sort of talked about, you know, creating a workspace that doesn't feel like work. Like, you know, you've got to, if you're going to tap into that creative side of you, you want, it should be something that you enjoy. Like there is an element of discipline to obviously turn up. Right. But once you're in that space, like if you look at your office, for instance, like it's surrounded with things that sort of stimulate you that don't necessarily relate to the job you have to do, sure. but you've surrounded yourself with little kind of tokens and things like that which make you feel comfortable in this space, right? Right. Yes. Are you talking about the weed? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the giant inflatable Luke Beveridge doll you've got in the yeah. corner. <laughs> and it's staring at me. I've got to say, it's weird. It's okay. It's been recently rinsed. <laughs> but I... <laughs> Gave him my own little Gatorade shower, if you know what I'm saying. But... <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> but you're right. And uh, there's a bit of sadness in this office at the moment as well, because uh, my cat Tip, who has made regular appearances, in fact, yeah, when we've been doing TOEFOP recently, we talked about the fact that Tip was living in my office. Um, Tip, unfortunately, passed away. So that's been pretty traumatic for us all. 
and but there's still some things here because like you don't know when to like to kind of move things yeah like so for a week i just had his litter tray still in the corner despite the fact that no one apart from myself might use that litter tray Mm. and hang on what I mean, I've never done it, but my point is that, you know, I don't like to use the inside bathroom, so <laughs> maybe if it was there. I mean, I now have a bag and a half a litter. I guess. I have no purpose for. Yeah. I mean, Why can't sense. I use it myself? Exactly. We live in a Just disposable it. society. Mate, I spend half my day picking up my dog shit. Yeah. What? I can't shit in a litter box in the privacy of my podcast <laughs> if, and then put it in a bag and put it in the garbage? Just if you do, can we record a podcast around it? No. <laughs> okay, no, we can't. One. The people ask, will we ever put video content in our podcast? Right. I think I've got the first episode <laughs> right there. Will shits in a litter box. Yeah, it's what Tip would have wanted. How much money would it take for you to do that? that for that to be our first viral More clip? than, Luckily, more than is achievable by this podcast. <laughs> so much more. Like, so much more. I mean, there may be a point in my life, in my, you know, there might be a point in my career where, you know. Shitting in a litter box. I mean, I'm back doing court. I mean, here's the thing, right? right. Here's the conundrum. Yeah. All right, there's, we have two divergent timelines here. One, you don't take a shit in a litter box. You go on to have, you know, the, uh, you go on the same trajectory. Sure. Good career. Achieved a lot already, whatever. But in this divergent timeline, you shit in that kitty little box and you become huge. Yeah, biggest, like it's the, biggest comedian it's on the planet. the Gangnam style yeah. of viral video. Or it's like, you know what it is? It's just taking like, you know, Louis CK or whatever, like yeah. that realness. Like everyone's like, fucking love Louis because like his show's so real. Yeah. You know, the way that you'll have these sex scenes or these weird, like, you know, and sometimes it's not even really about comedy. Yeah. But like, you know, now everyone's kind of doing that. That's the new thing, the auteur. Mm-hmm. But to see someone like really just get down to the essence of like me, A, paying tribute. So there's a point to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's some heart in this video it's not just a guy shitting in a litter box i mean that would just that'd be you know, gross but this is like you know somebody who's like made their living kind of deconstructing you know art in fact when yeah. we started deconstructing out and digesting mainly yeah. vegetables when we started doing uh, and talking shit you know what i mean and when i uh i have a vegetarian diet so i'm pretty regular i mean you know it can be there can be a few levels to this you yeah. know it can be about not wasting the yeah. litter that i had that's an environmental message that can be in there it can be about our you know, it can be about terrorism in a way, saying, why are we fighting each other or being racist? Guess what? Everyone shits. Yeah. Like, maybe that's what it's saying to well, a certain... Too, maybe too... I get REM to rework Everybody Hurts with Everybody <laughs> Shits and they play it over the to top. To call back to an earlier Tofop episode, the Kayanya, the Kagna, you know, yeah. the, uh, the Spanish, Spanish shitting, shitting doll. Nativity yeah. doll. <laughs> yeah. It does. It maybe humani- I... humanizes all of us. Exactly. Maybe I could have, like, you know, sort of, that's my merchandise. Maybe that's where it gets big, you know? Like, suddenly, people all over the, you know, Rove in his office, you know, with all these other toys, he's got a, just a little me shitting in a little box. Yeah. And so, all right, there's a divergent timeline where you do this. Yeah. And it makes every offer you've ever wanted. HBO, come to you, they want to do a special. Yeah. They want you to write a series. You're booked out for the next four years with stand-up. You get complete freedom to do that. But at least for the first year... You're going to have to talk about shitting in the box. But I don't have to shit in the box again, no. right? No, like, no, no. It's no, not no. like I have to finish every no, but show. That vi- well, that video. They bring out like a box and I shit in it to finish but there the will, show. But there will be, that video is online forever. So oh. there's remixes, there's memes, you know, it becomes like, you know, it's, it's a new catchphrase. Like shitting in a litter box becomes like to get ultimate fame. Rappers start using it in lyrics. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, know? I get it. I want to be like Jamie Foxx shitting in a litter box, you know, talking about. Yeah, right. Okay. Super so it becomes fun. part of the popular lexicon. Yeah. It's like doing a Homer, but in reverse. I got to be honest with you. Shooting yeah. the litter, shooting yeah. the litter box. That's what. It's... Yeah, you're you're talking me into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
got to be honest with you. I was still, like, jury was still out on the whole, you know, because it's like my ultimate, as you know, it's what, like, yeah, I've, goes I've said against before on the podcast, code. goes against everything that makes me who I am, which is the <laughs> idea that if I shit myself in public, I would walk straight into the ocean and kill myself. <laughs> like, so this is like the complete opposite. But maybe that's what all that talk's been like over the years is kind of, that's been the arc of so this podcast. To. Yeah, You know, we started our footy podcast and it won the Bulldogs a premiership, I believe. So, um, you know, maybe the point of this podcast has been to lead me on my journey from a person who was so uptight about the fact of like something that every human being does, the fact that I yeah. won't even do it in my own house that yeah. I, and then the me overcoming that is like, you know, as a tribute to my cat. Shit the litter box. Shit Hash, the litter hashtag box. Hashtag shit, the, shit the, the litter box. box. I we're, mean, we're back. We're back. Yeah. No, here's the thing. I reckon, have you been watching Westworld? Yes. Yeah. So no spoilers, but um, basically the, the thing that you all you need to know is, and I mean, there may be actually layers more to it than this, but say you could go to this imaginary world where there's like androids and in this one, it's set up as like a Western world. That's why it's Westworld. In the original movie, there was like other worlds as well. I don't know whether it will be in this TV show or not, but like... I feel like that's the sort of shit I'd be doing. I reckon I'd do like maybe like a... What, you know, shitting in litter boxes? That, yeah, I mean, as in you like... You go to Westworld, you spend $30,000 a day <laughs> to shit in a litter box. Well, I'm just saying... I could save you a lot of cash, Well, Say I'm the man in black, yeah. right? Who's like... Man in bra- you're the man in brown. Yeah, I'm the man in brown. I, I, yeah, I choose the brown hat yeah. <laughs> as I'm going in. Everyone's like, that's a sign. He <laughs> didn't go with the white hat or the black hat. He's chosen the brown hat. <laughs> Interesting. No one's ever done that before. I didn't even know he had a brown hat. No, no, we didn't. He actually uh, put it in especially. Yeah, he brought his own hat. <laughs> Here's one I prepared earlier. He came in with one box of all brand and a brown <laughs> brown hat. They were his two requirements Is everything ready for our guest room? Yeah, we've uh, had yeah. a large order of Metamucil. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, a bunch of Indian food. Uh, so basically, um, I reckon like, so I get the, the idea of like, you know, this world, it examines what our primal urges are mm. because... Most of the people who were going there, at least initially, and again, this doesn't spoil anything. This is yeah. pretty much like well, the, in much the, original the setup. Film and, yeah, yeah, and this is the setup of like the, the kind of movie, uh, the series. Um, most people end up shooting and fucking people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, and so it kind of, at least at the start, in the way the story is being told at the start, it really kind of, it's a disturbing look at what really motivates us. Yeah, like, when left con- to our own devices, what we will actually do is want to kill something or fuck something. Yeah, and the context of Wild Wild West is, in the Wild Wild West, anything could happen. You could pick up a gun and shoot someone, you could fuck someone, like, that's that's the context. Right, it's contextual. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh, mate, it was in context. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do that if this was a bank scenario. I would realise that was a HR issue in my particular fantasy. But yeah, I think if I was like the guy who's gone there, so say the man in black, yep. and again, this, this is speculation, not spoilers, because I don't know, but say the man in black is either somebody who has been going there for a long time and is like, you know, trying to get to the next level of the game, or as has been speculated by some people, the man in black, because in the original film, the man in black was an android, Yeah, like it was one of the androids, so maybe it's an android who's like, start anyway, whatever, it doesn't really matter. 
but you're this person who's gone beyond the initial thrills of the game and you're now searching for something deeper. Yeah. My version of him going everywhere looking for the maze and the trick to the world would be going, you know what, today I might just shit in a litter box. <laughs> And put it on the just internet. to see, yeah, just to see what that's and that's not hurting anybody. And like, there's no like, you know, I'm not going to make one of the androids come and watch or anything. And, I might make them clean. And you're it happy up, to talk but, about it for the first year? Yeah, for a year. I mean, well, I think the best way for me to reframe it, like all, like so much of my stand-up comedy. What is, happens though? Four years down the track, right? You're doing your gig, and people start calling out, "Shit, the litter box!" It's like you're, I'm Rick James, bitch. I mean, so I've had up until that point, though, what has been the nature of my career. So in these preceding four years, I have one year of talking about it. And again, I can see the upside of that. You get to do all the fucking big shows. Like, I can't get on Fallon or like Conan or whatever. But I'll tell you what, if my thing became an internet sensation, suddenly fucking Chris Hardwick is calling me for At Midnight. Yeah. You know, suddenly you're immediately on all those shows, right? So then the ball's in my court. Like, if I am funny or interesting enough in that situation, I have a shot at fame, and I would hope that given that shot, I could prepare something. Like, and if I can't tell you a funny story about becoming an internet sensation for somebody, like, I'd tell the backstory, I'd mention yeah. the cat, like, you know, it'd kind of tug at people's heartstrings, I'd understand, like, you know, the humanity behind my shooting, and I feel like it would, yeah, no, I feel like, I think the pressure would be actually the responsibility that came with it, because I think once you've shit yourself in such a public fashion, everyone who is metaphorically or actually shit themselves would want to, I would be like the Oprah of shit. Like, people would want to, like, share their shit stories with me. And I think it would be the burden of carrying their shit stories with me because I don't like hearing stories about shit. It wouldn't yeah. be my own one. It'd be the responsibility of being, like, the the best-known shitter in the world and suddenly, like, an icon for, you know, I for, mean, sh for I, shitters all I over I see the, the way playing it out is you would be, like, the Leonard Nimoy where you become hugely famous for this right. one thing. And then about eight years' time, maybe it's cooled a little. You know, you're yeah. fucking set for life. and everyone knows right. who you are, but it's cooled a bit. And then you write a book. Living in a brown mansion <laughs> yeah. in Malapu. <laughs> but you write a book which says, I'm not the guy who shoots in the litter box or something like that. Sure. You know, d d d you, want to d you want to shatter that image. It was right. like, that was your Bobcat Goldthwaite doing the funny voice. Okay, that outside was your, the box. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, outside the box, perfectly. And then what you start to realize, I reckon 10 years after that, is when your career is even more kind of, you know, is closer to the end than the start. When you're sort of, you know, still on TV and, and doing stuff, but younger kids are coming up to you and they've found it on YouTube and they say, fucking shit, the little box. And after a while you start going, you know what? Like, I felt like that was something that, you know, maybe I got, got too much more mileage, but now it's 20 years down the track and these kids are coming up to me. And then you fucking put the, the gear back on. Maybe you toy with doing another shit in the little box because nostalgia's huge and everyone wants you back. And you get like this Betty White surge of love again. Suddenly you're hosting the Oscars and stuff. And you've got a really good sense of humor about it. Then you write another book. And the, bother, the, the last book is, yes, I shit the litter box. And that's like a perfect, just sums it all up perfectly. Maybe, no, maybe the, the, the last, the, the twist is actually that I faked the whole thing. That I never shit in the litter box. Wasn't your and ass. Been, wasn't my ass. And you it wasn't even shit. Tell. It was Nutella. Right. It was Nutella. The whole thing was a fake viral video yeah. for my career. And I had just been publicly... That's why I was is that, so... So is that a deathbed confession? Or does that come earlier? Uh, I mean... Right. Oh, you know what would be amazing? Twist yeah. it twice. Okay. You said you, you're so angry. Uh -huh. 10 years after the initial incident. Yeah. 
You know, when you kind of you're like, hey, I didn't fucking shit it, and then you bring out all this like you know evidence that shows that you faked it with you know prosthetics right. and Nutella and stuff. I love that I got prosthetics in, but also just Nutella. And people are like upset, you know, yeah. like you're a cultural icon right, who's like man. turned his back on everything. Well, it's like finding they... out that the moon landing was faked. Yeah, exactly. But it triggers a new alt era of of your comedy. Now right. you can own it because you've burnt everything to the ground. You've right. salted the earth. You start again. Yeah, I'm Krusty in his ponytail. Yes, yeah. exactly. No, I agree. I feel like there's a real arc in that. Because particularly if, you know... You can you look at it as one big sort of art piece, then you know that the whole one big career shot was piece. like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole thing was a sharp project. Um, we came up with the name first, but we worked back from there, and we feel feel like it's all been worth it for this pun. <laughs> anyway, Conan's grandson. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me on the show. I'm off to die now. That's good to see Keith Richards is here to my right. Yeah. Still. Still going. Good to see you, Keith. Um, it is one of those things, I guess, where, like, because I have thought re- a lot recently about the fact that my life has probably peaked. and Well, now the Bulldogs have won. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I've been waiting that all my life, and the, the, their lack of success defined me in ways that... I am still coming to terms with that we will, I'm sure, record podcasts about and talk about at length. But um, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing the fact that something that I knew to be and, like, define my sensibility is now something else. And I'm not sure exactly how I deal with that yet and how that actually reframes my life. But, you know, but you, we must be getting towards the end of Gruen, and I was very lucky again that we had a you know another very successful season, and people watched it and it, whatever. And you know, so next year it'll be like a decade if we do it again of doing this show wow. that the whole time has been like the number one show on the network and stuff. But eventually that will end, you know what I mean? Like, and it's got to be closer to the end. It may have already ended, but it's certainly got to be closer to the end than it is, you know, to the start. You would imagine. Mm. How, I'm not sure my life can get better than this, Charlie. So is there not something to be said for the fact that maybe, you know, this is the time to shit the box? I think so. Right? I think so. Well, you know, here's the one thing I'll, I'll say is that everything ends. Change is ine- inevitable. I think the danger or the anxiety comes into things are great. I don't want them ever to change. Like right. I want to freeze this moment right now. I have that feeling constantly. Like I'm, I've had such a great... You know, considering what's happened to me in the last year, I've actually had a really great year. Okay. And part of that is to do with where I live. I love where I live now. And I love early in the morning going down, I'll just walk past the ocean. I'll stare out the water and I'm like, I feel so lucky. Like I feel so grateful. And then the immediately following thought is, you can't let this end. Like if this ends, (laughs) you know, like you've got to maintain this. If you... If you let this go, then you'll fucking, you'll hate yourself the rest of your life. And it's like, holy shit. Like, where did that come from? But I think that isn't that, that feeling that everybody gets at a certain stage and that moment where people go, oh, well, that person's sold out or that person's blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's rarely about that. It's often about you having something now that you like, Mm. and it's not a bad thing to have something you like. Like I've always said, I'll never do radio again, never do commercial radio again. Except, you know, if I had a couple of kids and suddenly I wanted to, you know, like, you know, send them to school and needed some money for them and the best way for me to earn that money was some commercial radio job. Mm. If my priorities and environment were different, I have no problem with reprioritizing to suit Mm. the environment. And 
if you like living where you live and it makes you happy to see the ocean every day, I can understand how there's part of you mm. as a human being inside you that says, don't fuck this up. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I, I was reading this book and they talked about, I can't remember what the actual, what the psychological name for it is, but it's, if you show people a, like if you imagine a, a clip, a movie clip, and it's a happy family, it's Christmas day, they just bought a tree and they're driving back home and you know, you, inside the car, the kids are all singing, mum and dad are singing, they're holding hands and stuff, they're flying down the highway. What's the next thing that happens? Oh, sorry. What, what do you think I'm going to say? Tell me. That they get into an accident. Right. They, yeah. Yeah, okay. Is that what you think? Yes, okay. I imagine. Okay, yeah, so sure. that is okay, sure. 99% of people, you give them that scenario, that's what I overthought, like, I was like, it was like I was going for a job at Google. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Wait, in my head, I was going, hang on, are you trying to say that women can't be doctors? It's about women can't be doctors, right? <laughs> Will, what are your worst qualities? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a perfectionist. Some people say I overanalyze things, but I, I think those people are really, here's my opinions on them. I work too hard. I occasionally shit in litter boxes. Yeah, well, well, I potentially do. <laughs> I mean, if the idea of the multi-universe is true and all things, all scenarios exist at once, even the idea that we've introduced this idea means that somewhere, I think that's a very pop science way of explaining that, but it is kind of that idea of like, if it's, you know, if every moment like that, you know, separates off into those different universes, mm. by us even imagining this or actualizing this somewhere it happened. Yeah. It'd be interesting to pop my head in and see how that guy's life went. So you would I guess that's the West world I really want. Right. I want the West world where you could take kind of like a choose your own adventure of your own life, mm -hmm. where you could go back to pivotal moments where you made a decision. Sliding door moments. That's that's your fucking West world. If you could go into sliding doors, so you, you just go, Hey, I want to go back to 15 mm -hmm. when like when I, I decided Jenny Wells right. on the nose. And I want to see how my life plays out yeah. in that scenario. You could charge people a lot of fucking money for that. Like, yeah. how much fun would that be? Just to go yeah. back to random so points in your life. So basically, they scan your brain. They have a more yeah. detailed map of your memory than anyone. Right. And they can go through, they take you on a tour of your history and they say, oh, we found peaks in these particular moments of your life. Uh, it was, do you remember a, a blonde girl? And you're like, oh my God. Da, da, right. da. And they're like, okay, well, we can reactivate that moment for you. Would you like to live that moment again? And right. you can choose to go back into that moment, but play it out. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, right. Uh, copyright TOEFOP. <laughs> We call it Brain World. <laughs> Name pending. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the thing. You like the older you get, and I guess that's where that sort of angst comes from from people is you feel more locked into your decisions, and you wonder whether, like, I've had some financial trouble this year. And again, by the way, when I say I have financial trouble, I have like trouble his, go his gold toilet went flush yeah exactly like you know it turns out that that truffle toilet paper <laughs> doesn't flush down the gold toilet i mean you know i have a mortgage in a harborside suburb like when my sort of financial trouble is not i don't have like four dollars for the bus it's you know maybe a couple of months from now i won't have enough money to cover my mortgage you know so those it, i understand they are very different scale of things but part of the reason that i don't have that is over this period of my life where it's been going very well I have kind of wasted my fucking time doing this podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this, uh, this is the end of TOEFOP because I've come up with my new idea for that artificial <laughs> world. So I'm just going to go and work with Elon Musk on that idea and fuck you all. Fuck you. <laughs>
please contribute to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a, a new level on our Patreon. We should put in a, like a $10 million level so for people our... who want to contribute to us developing artificial intelligence for our Choose Your Own Adventure Yeah, we, no, but we don't have to develop artificial intelligence. Oh, we, just need to map, we just need to map the... Well, yeah. I don't know if it's even virtual reality. I reckon it's we map out the brain because they're doing this already. Like the strides they've made in uh, studying the brain. They reckon they've learnt more in the last 10 years than they learnt in 500 years of astronomy because of all the machines they can use. But they're getting close to mapping out dreams. Like they have very, very crudely, they can get people to think of a boat in the same way that Todd Sampson controlled that helicopter with his brain because yep. it's based on brain waves. When you think lift, your brain does this. They're starting to map out what visual images do, the patterns you see in the brain. So I don't think you'd be far off being able to go through someone's entire neural history and find all these maps and then it'd be a case of like decoding what these event, events mean right so all we're really doing it is in some sort of like it's a uh, like a what's the, what's the technology we know operating theater oh no no, no. we people don't want to come in and like it's got to be like some a scan and then like a uh, and, and then like a headset or something do you know what i mean people like understandable technology like a, all right so like a like so this. like a virtual reality you put yeah. the goggles on and it's like a nice comfortable helmet it's a helmet. To, yeah, yeah, okay. Like a Magneto-style helmet. Yeah. I quite like that. Yeah, that's filled with snakes. <laughs> <laughs> you happy? What was wrong with an operating theatre? Well, that's what you get when you ask me to design your new I just, deployment hey, strategy. mate, there's no bad ideas. I just thought maybe we could just make it a little less terrifying <laughs> to people. Anyway. Well, so you got well, snakes. operate on your brain. <laughs> I uh, I went to the uh, museum and did the David Attenborough virtual reality thing. You I know, didn't know the, there was one. Yeah, Tell so they're that. experimenting now with um, uh, uh, you know Oculus Rift and stuff, which is sort of sure. It's basically you put on goggles and you can look in every direction around you, and you will be in a immersive world. Yeah, I was I heard them talking about because the, the big TV conference has just been on over in uh, Cannes, mm -hmm. and one of the big things that you know, I mean, you know, it was like three D was three or four years ago. Now everything's like it's finally got to that point where virtual reality seems to be a thing that yeah. people think will be the next big thing. But apparently the biggest use of it, of course, is... Porn. Porn. Yeah. Yeah, apparently like they're now at the point where you can essentially be in the porno. Yeah, right. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it makes sense. Well, the thing... I haven't seen any... Because I've, uh, I've trialed a few different uh, uh, 3D helmets and stuff, and I haven't yet seen anything that's made me go, oh my God, like, for a start, they can't make them for any longer than 11 minutes at a time. I think it's something to do with... You know, protecting the eyes. How it's fucking up your brain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that'll be the same. Or, or maybe I mean, look, we're going to break a few eggs getting our thing right. <laughs> Let's be honest. There'll be a few lawsuits. We're going to have to get a good lawyer on board. But I, I haven't seen... Like the thing, uh, the David Attenborough thing was like a history of, you know, it was uh, life before man or some shit like that. And it was just like, it looked like computer animation from the late 90s like it was cool to sort of be in this world where you turn right. your head around and stuff and see things all around you but the graphics weren't nearly like i can't the porn thing i, I, I can't imagine it's like video quality like really good quality video or anything yet i don't know well i haven't seen it although I, I i did i tell you about when they asked me to do it for a tv show no they have some show on sbs where they like 
I can't remember what the show was, and I apologise to the good people who asked me to do it because I did lie to them at the time and said I loved the show. Was I just wasn't pizza? available. Yeah, it was Fat Pizza. <laughs> no, it was one of those like Catalyst or right. one of those sort of shows, Science and they were doing an episode on like porn or the sex work or the sex industry or something <laughs> so like that. So first the person they call is you? Well, they wanted me to do, to, to trial the 3D. They wanted someone funny to oh, like right. watch the, the, the virtual reality porn and kind of commentate it. And I was like, no. Yeah. Because that's... Yeah, I, it seems like a poison chalice. I mean, I, there was part of me was like, hey, can I just come and have a go at it? Because I'd, <laughs> love to, I'd love to have a look, but I just don't want to have a look on telly. Yeah. I don't want people to be filming me while I'm Who'd they get? Do you know? No, I don't know. Anyway, it's a great show. And I was really Was it Vince Sorrenti? He was just it. sitting there going, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to pause for a second? We'll grab a beer. Sure. And we're back. And when I say we're back, uh, we actually took a little break. So uh, I'm assuming, Mike Hal, you threw in some elevator music. I mean, Mike Hal's been doing a good job recently. You make elevator of... music. I make elevating music. Yeah. Uh, Mike Hal has been doing a very good job basically keeping this podcast going while yeah. we've had no involvement. Yeah. So a bit of a shout, shout out to Mike Hal for that. Did we talk about how handsome he is in real life? Oh, we haven't yet, I don't think. Because we, have we done a live episode since... Uh, no, we haven't done an episode of anything since PodFest. Since PodFest. The yeah. PodFest episode is up, by the way. Uh, it is now up. If you haven't seen have we put up the photo yet? What's what's the situation with the oh, photo? No, I haven't put them up yet. But yeah, so we're going to release um, some photos. Sean Maluga. Oh, God. Maluga? Sean Maluga? Maluga. Yeah. Beluga. Well, it, no, it's, it's spelt Maluga. Maluga, no, Is that's right. I, well, I asked him about 15 times. Yeah. Maluga. Maluga. Like a car horn. That's how you remember. Yeah, Sean Maluga. Yeah, I remember, I remember sheep, like a, a recently shorn sheep, yeah. and Maluga. <laughs> Very easy. Uh, he took some amazing behind the I'm scenes. I'm sure, shots. by the way, I'm sure that he's copped that at some stage during <laughs> his life. And I'm sorry that I've brought up something I thought was hilarious and original, but was probably what every fucking bully said at high school, Sean. <laughs> Not that you would have been bullied because you are excellently huge. handsome and huge, and huge and a talented photographer. Yes. So. Way too talented for us. But he took some behind the scenes pics. Uh, he was in LA uh, for Podfest and uh, he rec- shot uh, two guys, one cup. So if you go to his uh, website, which I think is Sean dash maluga.com so, uh, do you mean sean dash maluga.com <laughs> yes you fucking bully <laughs> um but also as a special treat for our patreon subscribers of all levels uh so from one dollar yep. up to our highest donor if you contribute is, you get something you get something, something sweet we're going to give you all the photos all the photos so all those sweet shots of two guys sitting at a desk talking <laughs> i mean we do swap because we decided during it that we would swap from quarter to quarter of the podcast yeah. so you do see us on it's dynamic hey if you've ever wanted like it's essentially one of those better homes and gardens or like you know like when somebody invites like i've been asked to do that a few times over the years is like hey can we come over and shoot at your house people would like to see like what house you live in it's a little of an insight to that. You get yeah. to see at least a little bit of yeah, what it's my Will's LA apartment, apartment looks in LA. Like. Yeah, uh, and we haven't changed anything. We didn't dress it. No, we didn't you know, get it yet. No, we set did design we, in. You know, was, Ironically, because like like, st- essentially that's what my girlfriend does for a job. Yeah, we went, So we, we could have really got somebody really cheap. In fact, Sean, technically, because she did decorate the apartment, yeah. it has been professionally set design. She's yeah. a, she's qualified in that. So it was I awkward. Think. Sean came around actually about half an hour before he's meant to, and I was too busy scrubbing bloodstains out of the floorboards as Will shoved bodies into the cupboard it's weird because charlie had just put in the floorboards doesn't even have floorboards i was like that's weird why are they there and why is he scrubbing blood out of them uh yeah so that'll be a little treat you know what by the time people hear this it'll be up 
Okay. So you can either go to Sean's website, um, but if you're a Patreon subscriber, yeah. uh, log on to get the full reel of photos. Well, please do log on. And look, if you can contribute to the podcast, we do really genuinely appreciate it. At the moment, it's our only source of income to kind of keep the podcast going. And the podcast comes with associated costs. And we also have ambitions for it. No ceiling, Charlie. Yeah. You know, the Bulldogs yeah. philosophy, no ceiling. And so uh, we'd love to kind of grow it. You know, we've been doing it a long time now. And uh, at the moment, we're in a tent. We don't even have a ceiling. It's just basically like canvas held over a couple of struts. Yeah. But we're saying one day we want a real ceiling. I mean, I feel like essentially the last five years or six years or whatever the fuck we've been doing this podcast for, essentially we're like a tribe on Survivor. Yeah. We've built our own camp, yeah. but it's mostly out of leaves and bits of wood <laughs> yeah. and string and Somehow, stuff. Somehow, yeah. we have outlasted everyone, even right. though we're the two most incapable men on the planet. Right. We've played the good social game. Yeah. We've had no actual skills. We haven't yeah. won a fucking challenge, yeah. but we're still around because we're handy to somebody else's alliance. Well, what happened is that after two weeks of being in the island with us and realizing we never shut up the rest of the tribe just moved to a different part of the island but that was filled with some kind of like poisonous plant yeah they, they actually, all died they actually forgot about us they sent <laughs> no, us no they didn't forget mate right. they fucking took off in the middle of the night no we were recording a podcast no but eventually like we both got sent to exile island right. and we just would not stop talking <laughs> thinking we were being hilarious right yeah. and then they eventually forgot that we were on exile island because <laughs> no one like wanted us to come back and no then checked like, on us. you know those last the kind of mythical last Japanese soldier who didn't know the yeah, war yeah. was over. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. Survivor's been cancelled. Yeah. It's 20 years later yeah. and we're still on this island just talking to each other. We've just got like... Into the wrong end of coconuts. Yeah, no, we, we, we've split a couple of coconuts in half and put the, the cans over our ears like oh, their headphones. I love it. <laughs> we're talking into pineapples. <laughs> Fuzz Dyke, if you want to draw up... Our Robinson Crusoe-esque image of Will and I talking in, in 40 years' time on a desert island. Go well, we, see, here's the weird thing. Like, we were trying to find food because they hadn't let us any food. And we found this, like, weird, you know, kind of plant. A weed? That was growing <laughs> on the island. And we had some of that for sustenance. And we didn't notice that no one came back for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, let's talk about how handsome Mike Hal is. Because I think it's an issue for the podcast. Yeah, he. Uh, I didn't recognize him because when we're setting up for the show, basically Brad Pitt from Legends of the Fall came, came in through the door and he waved at me. And you know when like you look at someone and go, well, that person po couldn't possibly have anything to do with me. Look no. at him. He's, he's like a Viking prince. I don't know anyone who's Brad Pitt from Legends of the Fall. <laughs> Is this, is this year's Podfest themed? Are people meant to come as their favorite Brad Pitt yeah. hero character? I didn't realize. Is there a Comic-Con here? Because I think a Thor cosplayer just walked in through the door. Right. And he and so he, he, he waved and I just sort of looked around. You know then, what he was? Like he was like a... Uh, you know, like he basically because you said Thor, but he's more like one of those like internet pics of like you'll never believe what Thor used to look like. Yes, because like like essentially like you know Michael is the oh he's the before, not the after. <laughs> <laughs> no, what Mike? You know what Michael would be good in? Yeah. You know, like in the sort of late nineties, early two thousands, when in the era of Underworld, cool vampire, oh, yeah. post Matrix, yeah. post Blade, yeah. like he would be like a vampire yeah. hitman, mate. like put him in a black suit and he's wearing we, shades. Uh, mate, if we could get him a full length leather jacket to wear to Podfest <laughs> next year, I feel like that would be important. <laughs> yeah, because guys in long black trench coats in America doesn't arouse any concern. It's okay. It's a podcast festival, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no way there's going to be some dangerous loners in the audience of that. 
Oh God. I actually, um, there was a guy, uh, I was talking to, uh, to a faux fop guest, I believe Dan Illich. Illich? Yeah, Dan Illich. Illich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Illich originally, I believe, is the family, but it's he's he goes by Illich. Yeah, Dan I was Illich. talking to Dan and uh, Stuart, Stuart Goldsmith. Stu Goldsmith, who's been on, who was on both the... live episodes of Tofop. Never on a regular episode. Yeah. Always fucking weasels his way in the <laughs> LA Pubfest episode. Wasn't even scheduled for this last one. Just fucking jumped up. <laughs> Got in there. He's like our booked, in, booked himself. Yeah, mate. He's like our. In, well, I appreciate it, by the way, because yeah, we're always happy to have work for us. Well, but also always happy to have Stu on. And by the way, we'd love to have him on a regular episode. Just never has happened yet. I've done his podcast, which is uh, an amazing podcast, the Comedians Comedian, and uh, I think he's a really, really funny guy. But uh, he is our intruder. He's our plus yeah. one. He's the, in fact, he's our ultimate guest because we don't even have to bother booking him. Here's one thing I said about Stu: great hair. Oh yeah, he's like hand, that he's handsome fringe. Too, speaking of handsome, but that fringe is amazing. Like yeah. it's got such height, yeah. But it flows like a waterfall. Yeah, I mean, I look at him and I kind of feel like Jason Presley in mm. Beverly Hills 90210. I was thinking more Dylan. Uh you know what, Dylan either. fringe. Well, either of those things, it's not really the hairstyle. It's more about the fact that like that was an era yeah. where hair, yeah. Went on he a looks journey. like a boy band guy yeah. from the nineties whose hair's just gone grey. Still right. handsome, yeah, lean. Great hair. Yeah, definitely. It, like it, it, one of those guys that you're just like, oh, wow. I don't know what you looked like before the grow. Yeah. But I feel like this has made you, you better. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you just look at people yeah. when they got the gray hair and you go, oh, this is yeah, this yeah. has gone very well for you yeah. in this choose your own adventure <laughs> yeah. of whether your life would be better with gray hair or not. I feel like, because yeah. I don't, I, I wouldn't mind going gray. He's the gray, gray Gatsby. I wouldn't mind going gray if... Um, if I went Sean McAuliffe grey, you know, cool grey. Yeah. But, like you've got to kind of go that like, but I'm not going that sort of grey. I'm going sort of You're going ready, spotty, grey, spotty. Kind of yeah, exactly. Guinea pig, redhead guinea pig yeah. grey. Yeah. Yeah. Weird spots everywhere. Yeah. I've got, I'm salt and pepper. I'm actually getting, I'm getting the good um, Mr. Fantastic. You know, the kind of on the side, I get the salt and pepper there. Yeah. So that's good. That's what you want. And a few streaks in the front, like Gil McLaughlin or, uh, the dad from the OC. What would happen if you get one of those kind of like white patches? You know, like a skunk patch. Oh yeah, they're cool. Yeah, you have. But then I have to. Be, then I have to become an art critic right? <laughs> <laughs> and wear a cravat. I mean, there's only certain roles in like movies and TV you get once you've got the sort of white, you know, the kind of big silver white streak. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. You know. Speaking, it comes back to Twin Peaks. Remember, there's that British character in Twin right. Peaks, and he had the grey streak through his yeah. black hair. That's exactly what I'd look like. David Lynch, speaking of people who look great, grey. He's mm -hmm. he's one of those people who has just fucking. He's a handsome like, and he's got great hair. Like you know, he's a guy where you go, like, oh yeah, you still have really fucking great hair. Yeah, again, it comes down to the fringe. So I have a problem. I've got a very strong cowlick in the front of my head. So uh -huh. if I cut my if I cut my hair into a crew cut, what you basically get is like a little like a, a tornado at my hairline. It looks uh -huh. like a little swirl. Sure. So. My cowlick spins all over the place. So when I do my hair, it doesn't matter what kind of product I do on it. It just does not obey any kind of hair product. It shoots in By every By the way, direction. I appreciate, just for the people at home who are only listening to the podcast, and again, this is another reason we could have video, Charlie has taken off his hat I'm to demonstrate you. this point and he's showing me. So can you can you see the little swirl right there? I'd always ignored it because you, it's a cow lick and I reject my dairy farmer roots. <laughs> you know, I don't like to be reminded of anything that reminds me of the farm, Charlie. Well, yours is a, is yours a widow's peak or a cow lick? Because you, you got good, like, good fringe. You get good fringe. Yeah, okay. So my hair, like, 
I was at my brother's 40th at the farm just uh, last weekend and he's he's bald but he can like he can grow he's my younger brother but he can grow a great beard yeah and I have like so much hair like on my head but I can I still to this day can't grow a proper beard like it just doesn't work for me like I don't have enough like hair to make that happen but the hair on my head like I did, I had it straightened when I went to the hairdresser the other mm-hmm. day because it, my hair is so curly in these conditions at the moment because it's longer at the top when I wake up in the morning I look like Kramer I have this like pile of fucking curls you do that like you look like one of the, the three stooges if I come right if I catch right. you early before you've had a chance to put product in your hair you look like curly right no which one no who's the one with the bowl cut uh, I don't know. Larry Curly Mo. Mo. Larry. I don't know. Curly. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've covered that off. <laughs> Felt like a three stooges bit. But I, and then I poked Charlie in the eye. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. So I, I, I have had my hair straightened this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's one of those things, cool guy, cool guy hair, you've got to have lift at the front. Like you've got to be able to see, you can sweep your hair back. Yeah. And it's a little pompadour. So I can't do that with my hair because no. it's just that fucking cow. You know what? It had never occurred to me until this moment. Yeah, you're man. absolutely fucking yeah. right. Yeah. Your hair goes in a straight line. Right. Mine doesn't. Mine's no. a fucking renegade. Mine's filled with just like different fucking renegades. I had never realized. They're all riding motorbikes with leather vests and no shirt. Lorenzo I mean, I would always considered you a handsome enough guy. But when now that I look at your hair. My, my, your stupid <laughs> Your stupid, stupid hair. <laughs> I had the, the nurse on set. There's a storyline coming up where I need to get a bandage put on. Okay. And so we're at rehearsals and she interrupts rehearsals to come in and she says, oh, can you just take your hat off for a sec? And she pulls my hair back and she goes, oh, good. You've got a receding hairline. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, oh, because we've got to put the bandage on and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have a receding hairline. And oh. she's looked and she's gone, no, you do. <laughs> Oh, like, I'm a professional. Holy shit! Like I, but I, do do you think my hairline has gone back in the time you've known me? I mean, I've not been measuring it. I feel like we should have done it on the wall, like you know people do yeah, with right. the kids' heights. We should have had every like, year on of, profile. You know my what? Hairline is. Fosdok could probably tell us because he's been like drawing us from photos over the years, and he probably knows whether he has to use less up the top than he used to. Holy shit. I never, I have said something I've never contemplated baldness, but I mean, I don't think that you're going bald though. Like it might be retreating, but it's retreating slightly. I feel like, I think if your hair retreats though, and you've got a, like a widow's peak, like Bill Murray. Yeah. That's a, that look, that looks all right. When you got a cow look and it starts retreating, you look more like sex offender. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing I am going to say is you hate my hair. (laughs) I feel like it's, it is retreating a little. Holy shit. I, d- I don't know for sure. I honestly don't know my for fo- sure. This my, this when, my you, fo- when you hold it back like that, definitely looks like it does. But Holy shit. I mean, it does feel like your forehead is bigger than it needs to be. Oh. And certainly to one side, turn around, just turn that way and now turn back the other way. <sighs> yeah. Holy shit. I mean, okay, just do that one more time. I just want to say, okay. So, you know, your hair yeah. goes back. Like where it goes back at the top there, yeah. goes back almost to your ear. Here? Oh, fuck. Like, no, go back, yeah, so go back there, like go back into that gap. Yeah. See that gap there? Like, so it's quite yeah. deep. It goes deep. I, I, I never, never realized thought, this before. 
Shit, man. Oh, my God. I what? feel like, you know what? I feel like it's like climate change. I feel like it's happening gradually and yeah. we're not going to notice it until, like, it'll it's be... It's too late. It'll be too late. It's There's too nothing late. you can do about it. I should have fucking, like, I should start with a row game now. I mean, I feel like it still it, seems like a fair you know way what? away. Like a climate, and I like never, a climate change denier. Yeah. Look, my attitude is it's going to happen fucking anyway. Sure. You know, I could waste all this money trying right. to regrow it or yeah. find new ways of doing my hair or whatever. Or but I you know could just what? get used to it. I could just get used to it. <laughs> Pass the fucking ammo. Right. Let's go. I mean, what are you going to do, Will? Hair naturally grows and falls out. Right. I've had both. I mean, mean, it's been a good time. I'm out of here. I mean, it's even our subjective view of like, so for example, my brother, I said he's bald, but why am I not bald? Because he grows about the same amount of hair on his, the top of his head. Like just in the wrong spot. Well, we but we've decided that's the wrong spot. Yeah, right. There's no actual reason that's the wrong spot. I bet he grows as much hair. In fact, I bet he grows more because your facial hair, even like you know, you're really turning through your facial hair. I reckon. Yeah, but like, here's the cut- thing. But I have a strange dispersal of hair. Right. Because you're, you're I'm okay. hairy around the face and the yeah. head, but then I'm pretty like hairless on my arms and chest. Normal amount of pubes. Yep. And then I'd say... What's the, middle, what's the normal amount of pubes? Mi- <laughs> That's... But, finally, we've got to the, the, the maze at the heart wait, of this wait, no. podcast. We'll get back to pubes. Okay. But we'll you'd, say to my, pubes. you'd assess my legs as medium level. Yeah, medium. Medium level. Medium. So, medium, just to recap. I would say medium to well. Just to recap, right? Medium yep. to well legs. Yep. Virtually none on the chest. Yep. None on the arms. Okay. A lot on the face. Show us your arms. I would, yeah, oh, oh, none. Yeah, well, no, oh. it's there. It's just light. Okay, but I've got heaps. Like, what? Well, compare our arms. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is our good. Yours is hairier, heaps hairier. I've, yeah, I've got hairier. So arms. you're high, high hair level on the arms. I'm okay. Like, I would say high, low. All right. Or low, medium. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. No, I reckon okay. that's fair. Hairy I reckon face. my legs are hairier than yours. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to say that. So yeah, my but... arms and legs are hairier than yours. <laughs> yeah. Let's go on. But I. So I don't get hair anywhere here, but I get a lot of hair on the face. Right. Like I'm the kind of guy where if I don't shave for like a week, I get a beard. How hairy are your nipples? Uh, not that hairy. But uh, because you've done something about it or because... No, no, like I'm talking like in, a naturally, in a natural state. Yeah, if we were living on that island doing our podcast yeah. and you just let your nipple hair like... Hell, no, how long I, would I, 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 I reckon I have like four big guys who run the show. Four or five big guys okay. who surround. Yeah, but it's not like a, a spattering. I have no. I've got a little bit of a. I've got a little bit of a cricket strip yeah. in the middle of my. my You've my, got so my, my, my titty, my man titties. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> Visually, like you have heaps more chest hair than me right. because I've never had any hair around that bit of your chest that you can hang out if you're a '70s cricketer. Yeah, never. Never had any hair there at all. I've started now in my '40s to develop some hair like around like nipples, stomach, like whatever. But again, really. About every six months, I go, oh, I probably should do something about the small amount of, like, shit that's, like... You clean it up. Yeah. You but r- rake the yard. Yeah, but it's certainly... You don't need a mower. Yeah. You don't need to get in Jim's mowing to get this job done. It's yeah. really just a bit of maintenance about yeah. that one plant that grows weird. Yeah. So, but but you've got a little bit in that kind of, like, the show-off manly spot, nah, the Jack Thompson spot. Just a little bit. Yeah, but some. Yeah, some. Some that implies there could be more. Even if there couldn't be more... That hint of it that we're saying this has suddenly got very sexy at the end of the podcast. <laughs> no, I was going to think the opposite. <laughs> I think it sounds so old. We're two old men talking about where How they're hairy growing we hair are. now. 
Oh, I've got grey pubes now. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, no, I'm pretty... not at that stage yet. Well, but I'm only white, three years actually. younger than you. Why? Maybe your penis got a really bad fright. I'm oh, not all of them. <laughs> I, I don't mean, I mean random ones. Salt and pepper. <laughs> I just saw like a fucking like uh, Einstein fright wig on your penis. That'd be the best. I would love that. If just overnight. Your penis saw something terrifying. Terrifying. You went to take a piss and Pennywise the clown was in your toilet bowl. Mate, yeah, a scary clown. There's a scary clown in my toilet bowl. And my, I wake up and my pubes are white. I love it. Actually, no, Will, it just looks to be icing sugar. Right. And you're like, oh, that's oh, right. That, that, I fell asleep eating actually, a co- coffee scroll. Oh, <laughs> I was having a Krispy Kreme. I was fucking a Krispy Kreme. And it's just the icing. That You know what? That does actually make a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but my brothers are both hairy chested uh-huh. but then one of my older brothers has thinning hair sure so it's like i don't know that just because your brother is, has hair in his head and you don't like there's it seems to be i don't know like just here's my question if you're an identical twin mm-hmm. and i ask this for a reason well, oh, were the guys from Bros twins or yeah. were they just brothers? No, bro- they were twins. Because uh, they were called Bros. Luke and Matt. Yeah, but they weren't called twins. They were called Bros. So were they just brothers or were they twins? No, they're um, twins. Oh, they're, they're identical twins. I can't believe you have to Are they definitely up. identical twins? Yeah. I will... So why weren't they called twins? Because... Uh, like, this is Why did they call themselves Bros when they could have called themselves twins? Uh, because they are also brothers. Because it's not because they wanted to encompass Craig as well, who played the bass guitar. It's true. I love, by the way, good fucking deep get human Wikipedia. Is his name the, Craig? His name is Craig Logan. I didn't know that much. That's but... oh, you knew his name was fucking Craig. <laughs> uh, so Matt and uh, Matt and Luke Goss uh, are indeed uh, twin brothers. You're yeah. absolutely right. So here's the thing I'm going to say to you. I saw a picture of Bros during the week. Yeah, and uh, one of the guys from Bros. Uh, still has a uh, fantastic head of hair. Yeah. And the other one one's of the bald. Yeah. Is bald. Luke, so, I believe, is the bald one. If you are an, an identical twin, mm-hmm. do you have, like, will both of you go, like, so is one of them got hair plugs or something like that? Or if you're an identical twin, can you, can one of you have the baldness gene and can one of you not have the baldness Will, gene? Well, we don't have to look as far as the UK to see this example. Um, my wife has, in fact, worked with a couple of models in a commercial who are twins and one was bald and one was not. And I think that on examination, they're both thinning and one had elected to just go zzzz. And the other one was just artfully constructing right. the hair that was on his head. Okay, so I feel like Bros, there's a bigger difference. Right. Someone is someone is I fucking, don't yeah. Well, there's only one answer to that. No one like he's not he's not shaved his head bald because he wants to be bald. His brother's obviously got plugs. Well well, no not necessarily, because I imagine that there must be some environmental things to consider. Would you not think when it comes to baldness? Is baldness purely genetic? Or would there be things like, because you hear about whether you wear a hat a lot or, you know, the like your climate conditions, the nature of like your health in general, wouldn't those sort of things, like don't you lose hair through stress and like if yeah. you're sick and stuff like that? So if know. one of I mean, them... It would, it would take quite a stressful situation. You know, it wasn't like he was president of the United States. He was in bros. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like there's been some troubling years. <laughs> 
since Bross were big. I'm not Hang sure on. Bross have been sitting around. But Luke, Luke, the the who I believe is the bald one, is actually he works as an actor now. Like he's in Bla- He's the main. Are villain you thinking in- about Luke Baldwin? No. Oh, okay. No. No. Sorry, that was just that was meant just meant to be a clever play on words. You said Luke bald one. Ah. Oh. Like you anyway. Whatever. Let's yeah. the fact that you didn't get it. I don't. I, I don't owe it. you a laugh, Will. I owe you nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> Straight back at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I believe Luke Goss is an actor now, so I, I, I think that I don't think I think he said the less stressful life. I think Matt right. is the one who's probably like, why don't we look this up? What is that? Matt Find Goss? out who's what? the bald one. Okay. Just Google Luke Goss and see if he's bald. okay. Luke Goss. I'll just yeah. Okay, that's a good. That's a let's find out the Goss on Goss. Oh yeah, he's the bald one. Okay, definitely the bald. Now one. just check his career. In my mind, he's a working actor. I think he was in like he does sort of B movies but he works alright well here's what I'm going to say Death is Race Death Race 2002 or something Luke Damon Goss born uh, 29th any relation to Matt Damon yep brothers <laughs> no his brother's Matt <laughs> brothers. close enough because yeah, if his brother twins. had his middle name he would be Matt Damon Goss <laughs> <laughs> what's the Matt Damon Goss it's my new podcast that's what he does now he has a podcast called Matt Damon Goss <laughs> Which is all just gossip about what Matt Damon's up to. And eventually go, hey, my brother's an actor. (laughs) Be good if he worked with Matt Damon. Luke Damon Goss, born 29th of September, 1968. By the way, you know, I know we've been away for a while, but I feel like this has been some real classic TOEFOP topics today. We've had Wikipedia. We've had alternate dimensions. (laughs) We've had shitting. Like, I mean, there's been a lot of real hot topics. A bit of loose AFL talk thrown in there. So it's it's good to be back. It's a throwback. Luke Damon Goss. He's an English actor. So he's considered to be, at least by Wikipedia, first and foremost an actor. Yeah. Uh, An English actor and former drummer in late 1980s band Bros. Uh, He has appeared... Can I just ask, why was it Bross and not Bros? Because, uh... Like, it's never... Bross has never been... You'd never see that arrangement of letters and go, Bross. You'd always say Bros. Maybe Bros? Maybe, yeah, they were Bros, not Bross. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe they were Bros. Not Bros. No, that doesn't sound right. Oh, no. In Australia, though, Oh, you're thinking of that band, Bros, not Bros. (laughs) No, I'm thinking of that actor Pierce Bros. <laughs> Pierce Bros. And his man. nan. <laughs> Pierce, Pierce Bros. Man. She has that podcast. If you want to stab the guys from Bros's oh, grandmother, go. you would go. Pierce Bros. Nan. Okay, strap yourself in. Uh, all right. <laughs> you know the old one, Bros before Hoss. <laughs> that was the saying back then. Uh, he has appeared in numerous films, including Blade, 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 oh, Two, Blade Two, 2002, as Jared Nomack. Death Race. Uh, Death Race 2. One Night with the King. I don't know what that is. 2006, as King... Oh, I don't know how to say that. Uh, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Oh, that's right. He was the main villain in that. As Prince Nuada. Yeah. Tekken, as Steve Fox, and Interview with the Hitman, as Victor. Um, all right. Luke Goss, along with his twin brother Matt Goss, started his career with the 1980s boy band Bros. 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 Uh, <laughs> Bros. It Bruce. was never Bros. 
Uh, in total, he's charted with 13 hit singles in the UK. They had 13. Shut the fuck up. Right, I can name, I'll name the ones I remember. Okay. When Will I Be Famous? I Owe You Nothing. 10 out of 10. That's it. I mean, essentially, that is all we demand of this podcast. That is the story of this podcast, which is like, when will we be famous? We, we owe you nothing. And could you please write us 10 out of 10 on iTunes? Uh, all right. Well, that's three out of the 13. Uh, here we go. Oh, he did write it. So speaking of, you know, my shit story, you know, uh, Luke Goss has uh, written an autobiography. Ah, right. So. Called um, I'm Not Your Bros. Well, here's the thing. I don't know what the topic of Wizard it was. of Bros. No. I'm going to give you an opportunity okay, to guess, but okay. I'm going to just give you a little clue that, you know, before when you were kind of sketching out my story arc, mm-hmm. there was that chapter where you take the thing that you're most famous for and you kind of turn it on its head in the kind of bitter, yeah. like, well, yeah, maybe yeah. bitter, so maybe So you recontextualize it. Yeah, exactly. Using, this is using maybe the word words, words from a song or oh, like right. of famous. Like, um, I don't want to be famous. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Okay. Not bad. I owe you everything. I owe you nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was trying to twist it, but yeah. yeah okay. But you're right. But yeah. yeah. I owe you nothing. <laughs> I don't want to be famous. <laughs> well, lucky Luke, because <laughs> uh, it was a top 10 bestseller. By the way, here's the thing. We mock Luke Goss a little. I mean, that was how this you started. Been, to be fair, I've been sticking up for him. You've been mocking him. I yeah. was the one who pulled him out of your dismissive tone and no, said, true. that's why we're on Wikipedia at yeah, this point. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's the thing that I would say. Much respect. That um, I went into this a little skeptically. But now, I mean, just if you look at his record, his scoreboard, he's a guy who's had 13 UK hits, including some of the more iconic songs of that era of the time. He has written a top 10 bestseller book and he is a Hollywood actor. I mean, he's a triple threat. Yeah. So, uh, it was a top 10 bestseller book and went on to have three subsequent printings. He also began to appear in stage musicals. Oh my God. Add another bow, including Grease, What a Feeling, and has turned to acting in films full time. Uh, all right, Blade 2, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um... Uh, in February 2008. No, okay. We just need some up-to-date information. Oh, personal life. Let's have a look here. Since 1994, he's been married to backing singer, bit of showbiz romance, Shirley Lewis, who has worked with singers Elton John, George, George Michael. Michael. I remember Shirley. Was she Sugar and, and... Luther Van Dross. Do you remember George Michael, those backup singers that were called Sugar and Pepsi or something? <laughs> Oh, that he did. For the, you know, the two girls from the Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go clip. I think Shirley's one of them. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, And has one stepdaughter, Carly. In January 2007, he and his wife, Shirley, moved permanently to Los Angeles, but still maintain not much information after that, to be honest. Let's see what he's up to, like, career-wise. 2016, he was in something called Killing Salazar. Uh, 2015, he was in something called Operator. AWOL 72 in 2015. War Pigs, at least, has its own Wikipedia entry. <laughs> so the other ones didn't? No hyperlink? No, no hyperlink. Not a good sign. There's no hyperlink. No hyperlink to Killing Salazar operator AWOL 72 Lost Time <laughs> or Dead Drop in his recent movie. In the last three years, he's made five movies that don't have a Wikipedia But fuck, you know what? Hyperlink. This is the thing. 
this actually brings it full circle. This dude has had a career already. Maybe he peaked. You know what I mean? Mate, but he, I'm looking at this list. He's obviously... There's like, there's like, he's acted in like 50 things. Like there are so many things on this list. There's got to be like, okay, 10, 20, 30, 40. I reckon he's acted in 40 things. If you did a montage of all the films he was in and all the things that he's achieved in his career and you had an acoustic cover of When Will I Be Famous but like a mournful, sad right. version, it'd be quite a... That, that's a that's a great little art piece, a bit of irony there. I mean, because the fact is that the rest I've of his life has been about him trying to be famous, but he's not. He's been done. Okay, let's now look up Matt Goss. Oh, do we want to? Yes. I was going to finish on a high note. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's find out, right? Okay. I mean, this feels like where it gets interesting. Yeah, okay. Matt uh, Matthew. Matt Damon Goss. Matthew Matt Weston Goss. Loves a Weston. Uh, born 29th of September 1968 <laughs> is an English singer-songwriter and musician so he's still he's top builder music, singer-songwriter yeah. uh, currently based in Las Vegas hmm? well, there you go uh, alright same thing about uh, he is currently appearing at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas alright solo artist solo career Matt Goss began his solo career in 1995 and has enjoyed chart success with singles such as The Key no no he has sold over 5 million records worldwide to date. He recorded the duet This Pain with his friend. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, it sounds in, like Matt wrote this. In I've June be honest with you. 2009, it was announced that he would be playing live shows at the Palms Casino Resort in Las Vegas. By January 2010, the live show has moved to Caesars Palace, playing at Cleopatra's Barge every Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't oh. feel like that's top of the show. It feels like they've got him on a fucking pontoon yeah. singing fucking, like, when will I be famous? Yeah. Is this what it like when the Wilson brothers get together? And it's like, <laughs> oh, and what are you doing? Oh, I just made a film with Ben Stiller. Luke, what are you doing? Yeah, just doing another comedy with Drew Barrymore. Andrew, what about you? Uh, my, my, my cat died. <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> sorry, dude. Um, all right. Uh, he's in June 2010, he signed a three year contract with Caesar's Palace. His live show is produced by the creator of the Pussycat Dolls, Robin Aston. Uh, the show played for one night at the Royal Albert Hall in London. A whole one night? In the 19th of October 2010. The show played for one night? That's a strange sentence. The show played for one night? Wouldn't you, doesn't that kind of. It's a misleading sentence. Do you know what I mean about the, grammatically? Yeah, I know. It's like. You don't need the to show. Point it out. The yeah. show. This, uh, for, we played for one night. Uh, here we go. Matt Goss signed a record deal with Decca Records for the UK release of his most recent album, Life You Imagine. Goss worked on the album with music producer Ron Fair, Lady Gaga, U2, Black Eyed Peas, Christina Aguilera, Mary J. Blige, mm -hmm. and enlisted the services. Do you reckon, by the way, when uh, Ron Fair is pitching to Lady Gaga, he mentions that he's worked with fucking Matt Goss from Bros? <laughs> So, yeah. So, um, and it listed the services of a 40 piece Hollywood orchestra. The album was released on the 14th of October 2013 with the collection including original material mm -hmm. in addition to Dude. a big band version oh. of his single, When Will I Be Famous? So, they wrote the music for Bros, I assume. Yeah, he was the songwriter. He was the songwriter. Yeah, this guy, actually, Matt Goss is the. 
He's the songwriter. You know what? We're, jo- we're joking. It's a bit of fun, but I'm going to listen to this on the way home. My Uber on the way home, I'm looking this up and listening to it. I want to hear a big band version of When Will I Be Famous. Oh, I've got to be honest with you. I watched this thing the other day that I probably wasn't ever going to say out loud, but now that we've got to this moment, <laughs> it was one of those things. Are you going to shit the litter box? It was one of those things on Facebook where someone's like, you'll never believe what yeah. Hanson looked like now, you know, sort of thing. So it was Hanson doing a version of like an acoustic kind of version of Mbop mm. on this late TV show. As grown up. As grown-ups. And it was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? Bop, I do get it. Uh, all right. Are we going to wrap it up? Yeah, we're I know you've, you're no, worried no, about yeah, time. I've got to go because I'm... Well, I would plug these improv shows, but uh, they're all sold out. So thank you to everybody who has come <laughs> and supported those. I appreciate that very much. I feel like I, everything's come up Luke Goss for me there. But um, also, I do have a bunch of uh, some other shows that I can mention. Adelaide Fringe Festival, my brand new show, Critically Will, is on sale uh, for Adelaide. It will be also going to Brisbane for the Brisbane Comedy Festival. That is not on sale yet. Uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival, I'll be doing it there. I'm going to Hobart for the first time in years, uh, which is very exciting. I've been wanting to go back and uh, do a show down there. It'll be at Perth as well. But in the meantime, on January 22nd, I'm filming uh, a new special at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne. Uh, Stan, the like the what a Stan there, streaming like a, channel, yeah, streaming channel, right? Uh, they have uh, put a big investment into Australian comedy and decided mm. to make like six specials um, by Australian comedians. And to be honest, specials that would not have got made otherwise because the current market for those sort of things is just you can't actually make something that you love that you want to show to people and it be a financial thing that anyone will back. So Stan have come in and done that, which is very exciting. Um, so there's six comedians, and they'll film them, and they'll put them as like you know, kind of a series on, uh, I imagine they'll call like it a something comedy like stand-up. Kind of yeah, I imagine. I'm oh, not yeah. giving them ideas, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right there, Stan. Yeah. You might as well use it. But uh, so I'm filming that on January 22nd. It is called uh, Fire at Will because we already had the backdrop for Fire at Will made, but it's really a bit of a best of uh, Free Will and Fire at Will. So uh, if you did not get to see those shows or if you just wanted to come to see the show taped, uh, that will be at the Comedy Theatre on January 22nd. It is on sale now. Sorry, I've got a bunch of plugs today. It's all right. Um, uh, America. So, um... Charlie's gone into Westworld. He's a cowboy now, <laughs> just whistling while I do my fucking plugs. Uh, okay, so here's the thing is um, uh, I'm going to Portland uh, to do shows. Uh, come and see me. If you're in Portland or nearby Portland, I'm doing stand-up at Helium in Portland for the first time. It's one of the best comedy clubs in America, and I would love to see you there. I am going to Alaska, Fairbanks, Alaska. I'm going back to Alaska to do a run of shows. I'm going to be in Cleveland. I am going to be uh, in uh, Denver, Denver. Comedy Works in Denver. Home of the Broncos. Uh, I am going to go on their little dollop tour with Dave and Gareth. So uh, you can check me out on that if you're going to come out and see the dollop in a few places that they're going to. And I will be in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, playing Wisconsin, there as well. home of the Beavers. I mean, they are the home of the something. Like they are a football town. I can't remember what their team was. They, they had big, a big W on their things. They might be the Beavers. Hang on. Okay, now I'm going to have final, to look One uh, final Wikipedia entry yeah, before we Madison, go. Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, team. I guess I'll just put it up. Mascot. Uh, the Badgers. Ah! Oh, so, so close. close. <laughs> <laughs> Is that into your plugs? Yeah, that's it. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>